Well, Hammer came back with a bit of a bang. Nice to see them come back and one of their first movies was uh, this one from 2014 because this is The Quiet Ones and uh, it was a bit of a box office success compared to the apparent uh, budget made more than 10 million worldwide. That's a bit of a good one, isn't it? For a returning production company. And you know, the movie itself isn't bad. It's it's really um, simply made. What they do is they concentrate on um, an experiment that was done in the early 70s. This is set in 74. And the experiment in question is a 1972 Toronto experiment called the Philip Experiment. And what they tried to do was take someone who was, um, they thought, sensitive, and um, through seance, find um, this person's other self. And to do this, they created a character. They create their character was um, was called Philip Philip Aylesford, and they um, they had a sort of um, scientific setup in which they thought. I wondered whether this character that they gave a backstory and some errors in there would manifest itself, and they um, what they did then was they, they, they got no real results from that. So what they did then is they changed the ambience to dim the lights and all of that to a more clearly understood, semiotically understood, if you, if you like, um, idea of a seance. And the um, character that had been created, Philip, came through. Um, of course, this was rubbish because... It was all done via a seance, so you can't really scientifically prove that, but this is the basis of uh, this movie. An Oxford University professor, very suave and dashing Professor Coupland, who believes that the supernatural doesn't really exist. We, um, we sort of um, create that if it's placed um, in us in the past or mentioned, if it's a memory, it's something we can create and it's something that we can then, in a way, transmit. And he's got um, a young woman called Jane Harper, who has been abandoned because she has generated some kind of behaviour in the past that's thought to be some kind of behaviour around being possessed. And he wants to create an experiment. So he's got her shut in a, um, in a place on campus, playing at full volume, um, hits off the time, generally Slade and uh, Mark Bowler and T-Rex, although there were other bands around at the time. Might want to play a bit of Sweet or maybe even a bit of Pilot, just to soften the mood. Still, he brings in a couple of students who uh, want to be part of his experiment because, as I mentioned, he is very dashing. He brings in Chrissy, very good-looking young girl, Harry, very good young... Good young eh, very good-looking young curly-haired blonde boy to help him with his um, experiment. And then he brings in the kind of, I suppose, narrator figure, because we do see quite a lot through his eyes. Brian McNeil, who um, 
is documenting all of this on a large unwieldy camera so you get the sense of found footage and that makes things even cheaper. After he has complaints and they pull his funding, he says, I'm going to fund this myself and we need to find a house. They find a remote house and you know that when they move into that, the rules don't apply. So they continue to film. They continue to see phenomena. Phenomena appears to happen. There appear to be, um, there appears to be some kind of phenomena coming from, um, from the, the, this person, Jane. And um, the person they are, they are looking for is uh, another character called Evie Dwyer. Who keeps coming up so things keep moving in the house um, she has some kind of ectoplasmic moment um, fires start light bulbs go off all that kind of activity takes place and um, Brian is uh, affected by um, by Jane wants to help her in the way that the professor does as well Professor Coupland does as well, but he wants to get famous from it and prove that there is no such thing as supernatural phenomena. Well, you know what's going to happen here. The two youngsters, one of whom Chrissy wants to, has slept with Mr. With, with Professor Coupland, and then he uh, he cruelly spurns her, and she wants to go with her beau Harry. Even when she's gone, she experiences some issues around heat and fire, comes back to the house and is very angry and is worried that some kind of um, spirit has followed her because they all start believing that there is some kind of spirit here, which of course Professor Coupland is very angry about because it, it he, he says, you must believe me, I am your professor. But he's out of that college grounds field now. So he has no dominion here. He is simply one of the group, really. It's very interesting the way that he's talking about how rules and science and his belief are really solidified by the college grounds, the university grounds, his cap and gown, his position, his rules. And when you don't have the rules of the university, everything falls to pieces. The routine falls to pieces. His belief falls to pieces. His hypothesis falls to pieces. And then what you've got is Jane, who desperately wants to belong somewhere, starts to manifest all the more. I won't tell you what happens in the end, but really it doesn't end well. And it's a really simple idea. It's really well done. You've really only got a few um, sets and locations. You've got the university, you've got the house, and you've got a library sort of area. That's more or less it. Works very well in that once you get to the house, it really is quite um, claustrophobic. You know, it's old and 70s, quite claustrophobic. You've got a big character in Professor Coupland and um, that, that character is played by Jared Harris, 
So he's a big actor who um, brooks no dissent. I'll use that phrase again, as I've used many times. You know, he, a bit like Christopher Lee. He won't have any questions. And when he is questioned, he doesn't like it and gets very angry. He's not used to it. He is used to people tugging the forelock and saying, well, you know, you are my professor. Therefore, you must be right. The other characters are okay. Um, Jane, which is always a very, I suppose, a very difficult thing to do. You know, you can really go for it, as in um, the exorcism of, 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 of uh, Emily Rose, which is, um, you know, you, it goes, that goes for extraordinarily physically and all of that. Here they try to internalise it. And Olivia Cook, who plays Jane Harper, is, um, plays it really well as a very sensitive little soul lost who is looking for help. And in one scene, Professor Coupland is in her room with her. She's, of course, locked in for her and everybody else's safety. But he's in the room with her, with her head in his lap, just um, singing to her. So, vertically. Fall asleep. She wants to find out what's happening to her. She wants to belong somewhere. Eventually she finds exactly what kind of power she has and things don't end well, as I've said. So these are two fine performances. Around that, you've got the other three, really. So you've got Chrissy, played by Erin Richards, who's a flighty, good-looking girl. And um, you've got Rory Byrne as, as Harry, who's a flighty, good-looking boy. You know, not very intelligent, it seems, but doesn't have much to do. And the main character, the sort of choral figure who uh, is the recorder of everything, really, is Brian. We don't see much of what he sees through the lens, but when we do, it's always interesting. And he's sort of the moral basis of the story, because the professor just wants to uh, prove his theory um, and, we suspect, become famous. The, the other two are just there because... Um, they want to find favour with the professor, one of them does, and the other one wants to find favour with his girlfriend. And Brian's the one who's saying, well, you know, really, she needs some help, really. You know, uh, Jane needs the help. Um, and she's worried about the way that Jane's being treated, you know. So um, that's really quite a nice little uh, sort of, in a way, skewed family feel to it. Very claustrophobic. There are some really big scares in there. Um, and it's something we've seen before around um, exorcism and parapsychology and uh, recording of that. And the the feeling that it's set up really well that, well, I'm not getting funded by the university anymore, so we'll just do it ourselves. So there is that feeling as well, which is um, always a bit, of, a bit portentous. It's not fantastic, this movie. There are some real issues I've got with it and it may sound small but one of the issues I've got is that this is set in 74 and the setting is okay the locations are okay but the costumes really aren't generally the professor wears sort of um quite tweedy although not tweedy color but sort of um those high necked sort of uh Edwardian kind of three-piece suits um and um blonde haired Harry 
he's in a, a shirt. Not it doesn't look like flares, and he would be. Um, Erin is kind of dressed up in sort of um, 1930s male kind of look quite a lot of the time. But really, the the the, the character of of Brian, played by Sam Claflin, it Claflin, is uh, too worked out. He's simply too worked out. He's he's you know 2020 worked out and. It wasn't like that in the 70s. If you look at the the episode of Columba with Milo Janus, and, you know, this gentleman is supposed to be the, the fittest there is. He's not ripped. He looks fit. He's muscly, but he's not ripped. And it was done a different way then. If you, if you look at Pumping Iron and you look at Schwarzenegger on there, these guys are not shredded. You know, massively muscly but not shredded and you wouldn't walk about that way normally anyway these are bodybuilders so you know when you see his massive shoulders and you look at the costumes he's got the lapels aren't big enough the outfits look like they come from um from primark to be honest and that's not ideal it's a small sounds like a very small detail but it really brings you up short when you're trying to look at the 1970s detail. Something like the Enfield Haunting, which is set in the 70s, does this so much better, so much better, if you're looking at doing this on a budget, on a smaller budget perhaps. And it just makes me think, this is a modern film that's commenting on something in the 70s. And I need to be all in for a horror movie. So, you know, this is not a bad piece of work. And there was some... Uh, um, fine performances in it too in particular um, and it did do very well at the box office and well done Hammer in that it's um, it's quite a small and contained piece and uh, it just looks a bit bigger than what a, a TV movie would be but it does work in that way but it just pulls me up short because it doesn't look quite right as a 70s film around a 70s experiment that shows us pictures from the titles, the end credits, that I think that we would be led to believe are from the original experiment. So it's a real shame. And that's why it's only four out of five. Could be a bit more than that, because it is quite a scary movie. But unfortunately, your collars ain't big enough. Your costumes ain't right. Your body shape ain't correct. And these are the kind of things that really just stops me completely immersing myself into your world. Never mind. How simple things can change our views. Ta-ta.